0: on patreon.com forward slash strange bedfellows you will have to enter that in because the fact that we are adult content means that we have agreed to make ourselves unsearchable on their website my name is Elle and I'm a sex educator
1: my name is Jen and I'm a private investigator
0: we want to learn more about ourselves
1: I'm like the boring vanilla one over here that's like, I don't do anything, but I'm, cu- I'm curious.
0: And the fact that we're both sex workers means that we have insight into things taboo.
1: Trigger warning, if you're easily upset by this stuff, maybe take a break.
0: I have a feeling this is going to be weird.
1: Sex and politics make for some very strange bedfellows.
0: Welcome to Strange Bedfellows. Today you are here with Elle, that's me. We have Jen. And our guest today is Caitlin Wynn. Hi, Caitlin. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on. Caitlin, you are a financial coach, and you've agreed to help us talk money-saving tips for freelancers, and on this show, that usually means sex workers. Uh, Caitlin, you are an affiliate of a local nonprofit organization, The Cupcake Girls. So Jen had a question. She says, why does a civilian want to help us?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's always our like big question. It's like, what about our population speaks to you? Yeah, how
0: did you get into this work?
2: Well, I actually got involved in the financial world by my own personal journey. I graduated from college with over $100,000 of student loan debt. And I <laughs> know oh, I want to hear about this so much because I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. And I, my degree was in education. I knew I didn't really want to teach. And so I got married and took a year off. Essentially, I was a nanny part-time while I tried to figure out what in the world I did want to do. And in the meantime, we were drowning, trying to figure out how to tackle this mountain of debt that we had inherited and never really thought about until the bills started coming. Mm. So we took a sort of personal finance course. And through that, it was incredibly empowering for me to finally understand that there was actually a path forward, and that there was hope, and there was a way for me to take control of my own situation. Mm -hmm. And so really, I from that wanted other people to understand that there was a path forward and a way out of whatever situation you might be in and so i started looking for ways to share that knowledge. I I got into the financial industry to learn as much as I could and then started looking for nonprofits who might be interested in having someone talk about the world of personal finance.
0: Hell yeah. That's awesome. Do you have an email or do you want any of our listeners to be able to contact you?
2: Um, If they go through, I usually just go through the Cupcake Girls. If they contact info at thecupcakegirls.com or .org. Dot com I'll look it up Thank you. <laughs> um, they will refer to me I share two sessions a week with anyone referred to me by the cupcake girls so I have appointments that are available through that
0: okay yeah so it's the cupcake forward slash contact us forward slash uh, to get in touch okay yeah if you have any individualized contact you'd like to leave by the end of the show like email wise um, you can Otherwise, how often? So, how did you get in touch with the affiliate group? Because they're a nonprofit, they work with sex workers. How did you come onto them?
2: So that is a very strange story. Uh, a friend we of mine, strange stories. <laughs> a friend of mine I went to college with. Her sister was living in Las Vegas, working with the Cupcake Girls, and I knew of her work with them and uh, just some basic information, but didn't. Really know anything about them, so I went to my friend's wedding on the East Coast, and Joy Hoover, who is the founder of the Cupcake Girls, was doing my friend's hair and makeup for her wedding.
0: <laughs> That's right, because Joy is also an esthetician or something. Yes, right? a hairdresser. Okay,
2: and so she had offered to do that for my friend as a service to her sister, who is working with Cupcake Girls. And we started talking and she found out I lived in Portland and she said, actually, we have a branch there. Do you know anyone? She knew I worked in the financial industry. She said, do you know anyone who would be interested in talking to our clients about money? Mm -hmm. And I said, I think that might be me. Yeah. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. I got involved with them about six years ago.
0: Okay. I actually, so a funny turn of fate. So this organization, um, I initially was one of the biggest critics of this organization because- I'm very wary of people coming into club environments and like rescuing dancers. And that mm-hmm. is the thing that people have done. So I got to know them. And it's like, again, a nonprofit isn't going to be able to help everyone. So the feedback I get from dancers, some have been like, yes, they really helped me with transportation, baby food. Um, Dental
1: work de- is yeah. a big one that I hear about a lot. I'm oh, like, really? Oh, yeah. They, yeah, I hear you guys. Yeah, are good with the dental resources there
0: so but I got a text from my ex-husband my father's or my child's father I got a text from my child's father this morning he says super random but basically a mom in a mom group that he knew from years ago that he had the hots for he exchanged numbers with so she went to Vegas to dance for the first time got stranded by her friends and is now stuck there he says do you know anything and I'm like oh god the only thing I can think of in Vegas is the cupcake girl so, I actually referred him to them this morning. So it's very like fortuitous maybe that you're here. Wow. Um, so I appreciate uh, when you know we're able to link people together. Um, so you said twice a week you meet.
2: Yes, I offer appointments twice a week. And really, my biggest goal is I think the way our country is set up right now, doesn't really offer a lot of financial education for people god no mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, so i just want everybody to have access to good information and any way that i can meet with people and uh share anything that i might be able to help with is what i want to be doing mm-hmm.
0: so. and this is going to be a very um info heavy episode we're going to ask yes. you a lot of questions we sourced a lot of questions from sex workers um specifically because you know to help them so before we go into some of those I'm trying to think what are some things that have worked for do you feel like you're good at saving money Jen
1: I mean I feel like I'm good at saving money but then some emergency will happen that eats up all of my fucking savings or a huge chunk of them and then it becomes impossible Mm -hmm. to play catch-up just like this and so I still work freelance I work as a freelance investigator and sometimes it takes me a there's been several instances in the last year where it's literally taken me months to get paid. Mm-hmm. And like, so I'm just like blowing through fucking savings. And then there's always like a car emergency mm-hmm. will happen. And I'm like, I haven't gotten paid, you know? And it, mm-hmm. it's like trying to keep up with one disaster after another. And mm-hmm. now the student loan payments are about to start. And I'm terrified because I feel like I am never going to get out from under that debt. And mm-hmm. I want to go to grad school. And that's going to be more more debt but i have to have it to do what i want to do you know and we'll dig into
0: that stuff so
1: i know a lot of girls are in that position too student loan debt drives so many girls into the industry mm -hmm, frankly mm -hmm. um
0: and what's happening right now well as of this recording with the most recent government shutdown um because Trump wants five billion to build a wall that we can't afford, and Pelosi's the Speaker of the House. Again. Oh, I'm
1: not getting paid for my federal case. <laughs> no, until federal workers aren't getting paid yeah, right now. Yeah, they're not now. getting paid. Period. So I, a lot of
0: people don't know about Thinking this. Outrageous. But when when it was mentioned to the Orange Goblin that f- you know federal workers aren't receiving paychecks, he said they're probably mostly Democrats anyway. Well, and so also, to hell and <laughs> also,
1: I heard him say this morning on the way uh, to the gym, he's talking about. You know I I totally understand where they're coming from, but you know people make adjustments. Ugh. Yeah. So, they adjust what? How yeah. can you adjust no money? It's a very privileged like, statement. God, yeah. I fucking hate it. So, there's
0: a lot of challenges and <laughs> obstacles that we face to financial stability being an American, being a poor person, being a poor woman, being a poor woman sex worker. I walked past, uh, every time I walk past Chase Bank signs, I'm like, oh, yeah, you guys were the ones that were canceling porn stars' accounts a few years ago just because you could in an effort to quote fight trafficking I had a friend actually I I went to high school with her and she was quoted in an article where she said I went to my bank and it it, they wouldn't serve me they shut down my account and she's like I've been doing porn for 10 years like obviously I'm an individual running my own website and selling sex toys to big name brands I'm not being trafficked if I am what a strange like turn of events (laughs) who would know Um, so it's like how do we even open accounts so many obstacles Um, let's, let's start asking you some questions. Um, so when you don't make very much and your income is unstable, do you have any tips for dealing with inconsistent income?
2: So before we dig in too deep, I do want to say a couple of things. First, I want to say that Every single listener, every single person I talk to about money, their situation is so unique. There might be people listening who bring home $1,000 a quarter or a month or a week. So I'm going to try to give as broad answers as I can and hope that they're helpful to as many people as possible. But please know some of this just might not apply to you. Certainly. And second, Thank you for listening. Talking about money is so hard and often not fun. I think our society in particular sets up a lot of emotions and especially values around money and trying to talk about them while also unraveling those mixed emotions it can be really difficult so thank you for listening grab a cup of coffee draw a bath do whatever (laughs) you need to do to make this a conversation that can be useful and let's dig in
0: more comfortable for you so tips for dealing with inconsistent income i want to say what's worked for me right off the bat when you have a good night if you have a good night please don't blow it you have to put some money in savings if you're a sex worker, if you're anyone listening and you don't have a savings account at all, but you have money that you spend on benders, cut back on your benders. Like even if it's $10 a shift, like if you save $10 a shift and you work three shifts a week, then you have three, six, nine, twelve, 12, $120 in your savings by the end of the month. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> like start that's doing groceries. That. That's something. That's something. Um, what do you think, Caitlin? So
2: I think most people I meet with and most people in life would like a quick and easy answer for their financial woes. And unfortunately, that doesn't exist. But I think the thing that comes closest to being that magical easy fix is a budget. And if you felt a little shiver go down your spine just now, you're not alone. But what changed things for me is realizing that a budget is actually a tool that is for me. I get to be in the driver's seat and I get to take control of what my money is doing for me. I get to say where I want it to go, what my priorities are, because often when, especially if you have an inconsistent income you can sit at the end of a week or a month and say, what just happened? Mm -hmm. Where did it go? I thought I had a pretty good month and now it's all gone and it just sort of slips through your fingers and you didn't get a chance to catch it and tell it to do what you wanted it to do. So the reason I say a budget can be a lifesaver is because when you're tracking, first of all, tracking your income is difficult for anyone who has an inconsistent income and so it's so important to understand what you can expect from your week or month ahead so what i would first recommend if you use a bank that's really easy to track your income just go back and look at your deposits or if you get a regular paycheck take a look and figure out what your amount is If you deal mostly in cash or don't use a bank, there's great apps. Uh, I know a lot of people who use Tip Tracker. That's Mm -hmm. a really good one. Every day you just log what you made that day and it helps you keep track. And the great thing about doing that is that a month from now, three months from now, six months from now, you can start to look back and understand patterns about your income. Mm -hmm. A lot of people in the industry that I meet with have cycles. Certain seasons are very lucrative and then there's really some dry spells. And so you can start to see those patterns and plan for them for next year. So the first step would be really tracking that income and understanding what you make. It can be hard with cash sometimes, but I think it's worth the extra effort. Mm -hmm. The second side of that budget then would be expenses. I'm sure most people know what you spend on rent, what you spend on your cell phone bill, maybe even your car insurance. But when you start to get into what do you spend on clothing for work (laughs) or groceries Mm -hmm. or eating out, anything that is a little bit less consistent is harder to keep track of and I think those are the areas where it's really easy to start seeing the money slip through your fingers Mm -hmm. and I have no I'm not coming here to say what you should or should not be spending on your money I'm not going to give you percentages about what each Mm -hmm. thing should be because to me what I want is for everyone to understand what they spend money on and to be comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. If you want to spend all of your money going to coffee shops and eating out, I fully support that. I just want to make sure that you understand that's where your money going and you're comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. So to track expenses, there's uh, if you use a bank, again, it's pretty easy. Just download some statements, start digging through, comb through. Again, it's a little bit of work, but it Mm -hmm. will pay off. And if you don't use a bank, there's, again, a lot of options available. If you're not as tech savvy, there's great spreadsheets you can download. Uh, I'm weird. And so I love spreadsheets. I can provide some great ones. um, I'm like ready. I'm
0: so ready for spreadsheets.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Or there's great apps. uh, Mint. You need a budget. Those are some really popular ones that are both free. But start to get some real numbers in your life so that you kind of unbury your head from the sand and understand what's happening with your own money. I think that's the first step toward... understanding, and then you get to make some decisions once you have that data. You can say, is this what I want to be happening with my money
0: or Mm not? I'm just going to I'm going to give example here because I just as we record this, it's 2019, it's pretty new into the new year. And I said, you know, I don't make bad amounts of money, but I want to know Like, I feel like I should have more. So I started tracking it. So I have in my little planner um, my plus sides and my minus sides. and I'm just going to note like briefly what it was, you know. And so I, yesterday, I spent $73, okay? And I know that because I only went out twice. I spent 40 bucks at the bar. Um, I had like a nibble plate and some juice drinks. And I bought like a drink for a friend. And then I, what did I do after that? And then I met with boyfriend for snacks. And I spent whatever the remainder of that was. You know, what did I say? 73. So 33. Um, And I was like, oh shit. Like, Damn. Like that was just going out twice and only for a couple hours. But how many, you know, if you make ten dollars an hour, that's your whole fucking shift. Right?
1: Mm-hmm. I think a lot of us too, um, I mean, obviously it's probably not all dancers this way, but I know that when I was dancing full time and making a lot of money, I felt like I was often the one picking up the tab with my non dancer friends too. Mm. Cause I just made so much and it was just so easy for for me to just pay a little more than everybody else or tip real big when no one else adds up yeah when you're like oh cool you didn't include any tip money in your sweet, i'll just do,
0: do it, it. Mm-hmm. yeah so. that's awkward um but yeah no i totally yes and yes it is work people are like i don't want to write down what i spent well tough shit you're not going to learn <laughs> like this is why we're here you have to put in work to get rewards so oh
1: god i think it's probably a shame thing too Do yes. you remember on the last episode we were, I, were talking about sex offenders and how people Like, Mm. I work with that population a lot, and people will go through insane mental gymnastics not to look in the mirror and be like, I'm a rapist, or Or, I'm an abuser, but also, too, I think it's very, very hard to look in the mirror and say, I'm bad with money. Mm. And I've been irresponsible, I've made poor money decisions, and in order to rectify them, I need to change my lifestyle. And
0: it's not even that you're bad with money, it's it's that nobody showed you how to be good with money.
1: Yeah. I that think too. that something I see really
2: often when people first ask to meet with me is I get emails that say something like, "I'm so embarrassed. Um, you're going to you're going to judge me for what I've I've been doing with my money. I'm sorry that you have to talk to me about this. All <sighs> these really negative emotions around talking about money.
0: Shame. Exactly.
2: Yeah. And so I." That's why I say this is not an easy conversation and it's not fun. But truly, when you can shift your mindset into believing that money is now a tool for you, there are no emotions associated with it. It is a completely neutral thing that you get to insert your own values into. Mm -hmm. So you get to decide if there, I actually had a client once who Her way of taking care of herself mentally and physically was exploring coffee shops around the city. Mm -hmm. She wanted to try each one. She wanted to have coffee every single day. And I loved that. She knew where she wanted her money to go and what was important to her. And she spends more on coffee every month than I spend in probably a year. But that's
1: <laughs> different than like lo- being like, Why am I short on bills? And then mm. realizing that you get you coffee eat out three every times fucking a day. day. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know? can't do
0: that. And also another disclaimer is like the economy's shit. It's mm. structured that way to like screw over the middle and the poor people and like most people don't make enough people aren't making livable wages yes I understand that it's not your fault and I don't want anyone this episode to think that we're like it'll all be fine if you just Just
1: manage your money better no
0: it'll be better it'll be better because on again that note before we go to break in my little notebook it felt so good to I had to work all day like out of the house so I have to go to coffee shops anyway but it felt really good because I brought my snack and uh, a drink from home that i don't usually do and instead of spending 40 bucks i spent eight and it felt really good to write that down because it's like yeah it's still a deduction like if i'm in the coffee shop working i'll like use my receipt for a tax write-off and those add up but i'd rather just not spend as much in the first place right
1: (laughs) because i don't know that
0: i actually get that money back from the government (laughs) <laughs> I, do, I mean, I don't. I pay into the system because I pay quarterly because, you know, I don't get a wage, but we'll talk about that stuff later. But I agree. We're so glad you're here and it feels great to take control. Attention, service, and sex industry workers. Seeking Space Yoga is dedicated to providing a holistic option for after your shift with new 3 a.m. and 4 a.m. class times. Seeking Space is rooted in empathy. And they've combined creative flows and experienced teachers to provide a safe, inviting space for any and all wishing to find peace on the mat. Need a little motivation? They are offering 10% off on all memberships and packages for those in the industry. Visit SeekingSpaceYoga.com or download the Seeking Space Yoga app for more information and a full list of class times. If you're looking to jazz up a jacket, bag, or just your fine self, our friends at Gimme Flare have everything you could possibly need. Gimme Flare is the largest online retailer of pins and patches that range from the cute and sweet to the snarky and slutty. They are sex positive, queer friendly, and aim to crush mental health stigma. All with fun flair from around the globe. Check out gimmeflare.com to browse items from over 250 plus artists. strange bedfellows is also brought to you by black bulb podcast if you've ever wondered about the deeper meaning behind some of today's art why not hear from the artists themselves your hosts alex and ben collect influential artists of the west coast to discover how they seek inspiration how they handle mental health and how to make a living as an artist in today's digital world all discussed on black bulb podcast That's black like the color, and bulb like a light bulb.
1: Strange Bedfellows is sponsored in part by Comic Strip. This original funhouse lounge show is still the hottest ticket in town. Four of the best local and traveling comics take the stage and tell their jokes, and each time the strip master rings the bell, the comic must remove an article of clothing to continue their set. It's barely funny. Hosted by the talented, hot mess that is Chris Eatrick. Comic Strip is every last Friday of every month at Funhouse Lounge, located in sexy Portland, Oregon. Visit purplepass.com slash comicstrip for discounted pre-sale tickets. The show is 21+. And follow them on Instagram at comicstrippdx.
0: Welcome back to Strange Bedfellows. We have financial coach Caitlin Wynn on here. Uh, Caitlin, you can be contacted by reaching the Cupcake Girls at cupcakegirls.org forward slash contact us. You wanted to say something else on inconsistent income, Caitlin.
2: Yes. As far as building a budget is a great thing in theory. But when you have inconsistent income, it becomes much more difficult. So I do want to just go into the logistics of that for one moment. Please.
0: For several moments, please do.
2: (laughs) Once you have determined what you might expect out of a week or a month, I use month most often because rent is such a large expense mm-hmm. for most people, and it comes out once a month. So that's a really typical time frame to talk about. But sometimes when you make money literally daily, it can be more helpful to break it down by week. So whatever you need to do in your head to to work through this. Mm-hmm. But once you lay out... A conservative estimate of what you might expect to bring in try and keep it on the conservative side just so that you don't end up with less money than you expected Mm -hmm. that can be its own problem Mm -hmm. and once you start looking at expenses list them in order of priority the first things are obviously keeping a roof over your head keep the lights on keep yourself fed Mm -hmm. and then after that you can start to look at what are your goals did you want to buy a gift for a friend did you have a leaky faucet that you needed fixed things that you want to happen but aren't going to affect your survival and list those in terms of priority and as you make money work down the list. Mm-hmm. So if you get to that leaky faucet, fix it. It's done. You don't have to do it anymore. It's off the list for next month. If you get to the goal, maybe it's saving $10 this month. Mm-hmm. Put that aside and move on. So when you're, when you have inconsistent income, every single week or month, you have to make that list and start working down the list as you make additional income.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. I love lists too. A lot of people hate lists, but at least no, I, I like them things. too. Yeah. Um, I have a minimum that I have calculated that I know I need to reach every time I strip in order to pay for the house and all my bills and food. Um, and I know that, and that is my goal for every shift. And I pretty much always surpass it, which is great. That's a great feeling because first of all, it's my minimum, you know, like hopefully I would surpass it. And then if I don't, I know it was a bad night, but like, I know if I can make that, I can manage all my shit. And then what I have extra, I put aside and for then I have, well, I put that one aside as a savings. And then I have a smaller part I carve out of that, that I put aside as spending money. And so like B and I are going to Vegas for his birthday in a couple of weeks. And we have a little jar that was pocket change. And after a year that adds up to like, I don't know, sometimes a hundred or a couple hundred dollars. Um, when you work in cash I just remember
1: that I have a ton of change that I haven't brought in (laughs) but you know like consolidate
0: consolidate your shit Um, so what I'm saying is like I've figured out the minimum I need to get by Mm -hmm. and to be okay and so I if I just push for that work past that then I will be okay but again if you don't know what the heck you need to get by so I love that you started out with track your income (laughs) Um, let's take a very specific listener question.
1: There was one year where I made oh this question. I've been there, right? There was one year where I made $4,000, just 4,000 from cam work and dancing. I didn't work very often, only when I needed to pay bills. I was homeless and couch surfing. My bills were food and gas and car parts and vet care for my dog. So I filed my taxes and they said I owed money. I had no money to pay them. My question is why? How did the IRS come to that conclusion? Isn't there a poverty exemption, like an amount of money cap where someone doesn't have to file if their earnings were below it? What do I do about it now?
0: Any ideas, Caitlin?
1: So a few things. Uh,
2: First, I do want to mention that I am not a CPA, so I cannot give tax advice. Mm -hmm. But I do think there are some actual facts that are helpful when talking about taxes, especially for independent contractors or Mm -hmm. those who are self-employed. First, there is no amount of income that you will not be taxed on. Hmm. There is even the lowest tax bracket is 10%. However, once, and for self-employed, it's actually about 15.3, I think. Mm-hmm, that's what I pay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, that being said, the there are some benefits of being self-employed as far as taxes go. You can deduct all sorts of things. Hopefully, you're aware of these. You can deduct things like advertising. Mm-hmm. You can deduct mileage to and from your place of business. You can deduct conferences if you go for... Uh, to further your business and you can so deduct
0: body care if you can justify that it was only for the work performed
1: mm-hmm.
2: yes and you also pay there are things that you can deduct like health care premiums and half of the self-employment taxes you pay is actually deductible so oh, I didn't know that so the biggest thing I can say that I don't think will be very popular but is always my advice is that when you're self-employed, you're at a much higher risk of audit. And because of that, I cannot stress enough that I believe it's worth paying someone that you trust to do your taxes for you. There are so many complicated rules around taxes. They change every single year. We just had a massive change in our tax system. And it's so much to unravel yourself. And there, if you are audited, you have to produce so much documentation. You have to understand how to talk to auditors. You have to understand which forms to fill out. There are massive penalties. They make it hard on purpose. Exactly. And so having someone in your corner who can talk their language and can come up with the documentation necessary, I believe, is invaluable because one audit could cost you thousands and thousands of dollars. And paying someone $200 every year when they might also find $200 in tax savings for you. I cannot stress enough that I believe it's really important for anyone who's self-employed to do that. Mm-hmm. A couple of other things around taxes for self-employed people. If you don't owe taxes, you can ignore this section. Mm-hmm. But if you do, the typical rule of thumb is to actually set aside between 25 and 30% of your income Ugh. toward <laughs> tax bills. And Elle mentioned earlier, if you owed more than $1,000 last year, you're actually required to make quarterly tax payments. You can be slapped with big fines and, again, increase your chance of being audited if you do not pay quarterly taxes. Oh, Mm -hmm. I didn't
1: know that. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm, like, terrified. I know.
0: Well, because that's the thing. Let me say that that's what I... I'm a dumbass. And every year I'm like, no, I don't want to do it quarterly. That's a pain in the butt. And I go to a place... And she says, well, I mean, you should, but if you feel like you have all your shit in order and I do have all my shit in order, um, but it's still something that's like scary to hear. Um, and also what happened last year is I paid, they said like, this is how much you owe altogether. Here's your four forms to pay it quarterly. I sent all of it to them at once. (laughs) because I was like, whatever, I hate this. Let's just do it. Let's kill it. They sent me a notice saying that one of my payments hadn't been received. And then, so I paid them again. And then they found it. And then they sent that amount back to me. So it was very scary because I was like, I got a notice in the mail that was like, if you don't pay this amount, we're going to take your house basically. And I was like, wait, I want to pay this amount. I want to. What are you talking about? But they said they hadn't received it. And I had done everything they asked. <laughs> so it's very scary. If you make $4,000 in a year, like I don't blame you yeah, for not Yeah, I think that's
1: also so far under the poverty line. That- so what I
2: would recommend in that case is to find someone who can refile that tax return. I, I can't imagine a scenario in which that's correct. And th- like I said, there are so many deductions available to you and so many tax credits and things that I think that person should actually be refunded money um but again i'm not a tax
0: professional i can you even think of where they who they could contact for that like i
2: would recommend talking to colleagues talking to friends and see if they
0: like their tax person yes
2: and also reach out to any nonprofit. it doesn't have to be cupcake girls or anything dealing with sex workers in particular oregon has a great program i think it's called cash oregon or something like that that provides free tax preparation for people with income under a certain amount so look around cash non- mm-hmm.
0: okay yeah yep.
2: find find organizations in your area there should be some great options for and if you can afford to pay someone then go to h&r block or go to anyone that your friends can recommend but try and find someone who has experience with self-employed people
0: Mm -hmm. so cashoregon.com and if uh, you don't live in oregon then perhaps you can contact cash oregon and see if they can refer you to any affiliates outside of the state or just do a web search for free tax preparation uh hopefully you can find something there god that's a tough one Uh, um question two what's the best way, this is a big one too, yeah. <laughs> to get out of debt, such as credit, medical, and student loans?
1: Yeah, what should you be attacking first? So
2: the first line of defense, I will say, is our uh, friend, the magical unicorn, a budget.
0: <laughs> so the
2: first thing you have to know is how much can you afford to pay on your debt? And I think we're talking about several categories here. Medical debt, in particular, or any debt that's been sent to collections, those two types of debt are available for negotiation. So the first step there would be to call and begin negotiations. You can either offer a lump sum payment to try and pay that off at a lower balance, or you can set up a payment plan that is affordable to you. If you try to do a lump sum payoff, my recommendation would be start off with a number lower than what you can afford try and meet at a number you can afford if they don't seem willing to negotiate or are offering a number higher than what you can afford go ahead and tell them i have five hundred dollars in cash that i can pay you today to get rid of this debt is that something you would accept if they accept please make sure to get a receipt in writing saying that that debt is paid in full it happens often with collections agencies and hospitals they just process so many payments Mm. that they could come to you two years from now and say we never got that payment so please keep receipts make sure you get that receipt saying paid in full even if you didn't pay the full amount
0: Mm -hmm. this episode's giving me anxiety because I'm remembering (laughs) my what did I have to pay two thousand dollars for my colposcopy yeah, with insurance they covered eight hundred of it. Thanks. So I paid it, <laughs> and I found the receipt a couple days ago. And I was like, save that, save that. <laughs> I yes. saved it. I shoved it somewhere. I don't. I, I need to get more organized, but I'm <laughs> getting better at saving things. Because yeah, no one's gonna protect you if you don't protect yourself. Like really, with money stuff.
2: Exactly. And the second thing I would say, as far as the medical bills or collections is if you are trying to set up a payment plan, I would do the same thing. Start with the low number to try and free up some cash flow. And if if they're not willing to negotiate, offer what you can. Most likely, people are willing to work with you. They just want to get paid. right? So they're usually willing to work with you as far as the amount. Do not bury your head in the sand. That is so tempting, especially with collections agencies. But try and work with them, offer what you can truly afford, and that will ease the burden so much more than having that hanging over your head. Mm -hmm. When you're talking about things like student loans or car loans or anything that's not going to go away, I think the strategy is a little bit different. The first line of defense would be to call and talk about payment options. If you've had a recent illness or been unemployed for a brief period of time, you might be eligible for a deferment, meaning that you don't have to pay anything for a period of time, Mm. usually about six months. That's nice. And that would give you some time to get back on your feet, make other payments that are necessary, and then start that up again. The other big option is income-based repayment. If you don't make a lot of money, then you can often get your monthly payment lowered based on the amount of income that is reported on your taxes. So those would be the two first lines of defense. And the reason that you're wanting to lower all of your monthly payments is so that you free up a little bit of extra money to attack one debt at a time. Okay. And the typical, I would say the most common um, method for doing that is called the debt snowball. You might have heard of that. The idea is you choose the debt that has the lowest balance. So if you have five loans or debts of any kind, look at them. Choose the one with the lowest balance, Hmm. which means that you'll be able to pay it off the quickest and apply whatever you have determined is the amount you can afford, whether it's $10 or $50 or $200 a month. Attack it, just that one debt. Pay everything extra that you have on that one debt until it's gone. So let's say you had that $10 extra and your monthly payment on that lowest debt was $50 a month. Pay that $10 every month until it's gone and then you attack the next debt, and now you have 60 extra dollars because you have the $10 you had Mm. saved and then the $50 minimum payment that you no longer have to make. Mm -hmm. So the idea is that over time, as you keep attacking these debts, it will snowball and your payment will get larger and larger and you'll pay it off quicker and quicker. So it can take some time to get started, especially if you can only find five or $10 in your monthly expenses. But over time, that will start to really add up. Um, That is how I paid off my massive pile of student loan debt. Mm -hmm. So I can
0: attest it does work, but it does take time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh, my God. It's so nice. Uh, So nice that there's, like, a little more options. Um, The deferment, I actually didn't know Um, as far as, like, asking, like, can I catch up, you know, like, come for me later. I think, um, yeah, I mean, I
1: from my little experience with this I my loans haven't gone into deferment yet but from I guess I've been pretty lucky with my student loan servicer like I'm a, I'm a pretty communicative person so whenever I'm like confused or there's a problem I'm like in tears on the phone with somebody being like can you tell me what this is and why didn't this happen and like I don't know what's happening and I make somebody and usually they've been pretty good with me and about <laughs> working with me and helping me get like payments set up and helping me and I think I think they they do. They just want to get paid, mm-hmm, and as yeah. long as you talk to them, they'll help you. So
0: yeah, my mom said something once. Um, she said, "Well, you can't get blood from a stone. Like if I don't have yeah, any money if to you give you, you don't have you. it." You don't have it. <laughs> I like that saying. Hey friends, do you get sore muscles or stiff joints like us? How's your skin? Is it dry, itchy, irritated, bruised, or sunburn? If so, it sounds like you need some balm in your pocket. Nabalm, that's N-A-E-B-A-L-M, is an all-natural skin and body balm, handmade right here in Portland. Nabalm products use a base of organic olive oil and beeswax, followed by an infusion of therapeutic essential oils, each of which provides all sorts of benefit. Oh yes, and they smell amazing. To learn more, check out Nabalm.com or search Nabalm on Facebook or Instagram.
1: Do you have sex questions? Do you want help learning new techniques, communicating with a partner, opening a relationship, or exploring kink? Sex and intimacy coach Stella Harris can help. Visit her office in Portland or connect via Skype to take your intimate life to the next level. Learn more and schedule at www.stellaharris.net or follow her on Instagram at Stella Harris Erotica. Welcome back to strange Bedfellows we have Caitlin Wynn with us who is a financial coach mm-hmm. soothing all our affairs <laughs> about money
0: helping them helping them be slightly better <laughs> so there's an article here uh, by the independent uh, students are turning to sex work for extra money but experts warn universities are ignoring the issue um, there's a couple things going on here i got some
1: thoughts on that <laughs> thoughts <laughs>
0: some thoughts <laughs> thoughts and prayers yeah. um <laughs> so people have always turned to sex work to fun shit. <laughs> and now that the economy is so bad in so much of the world in developed countries and technology is just exploding and then the restrictions in america for those platforms have been tightened i think we're hearing a lot more about people struggling like on these terms but 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 we have more jobs than (laughs) ever before that aren't keeping Mm. wages aren't
1: keeping up with inflation Mm. so you have to have three of them
0: no so this starts out by what did you say earlier caitlin can't bury your head in the sand yes (laughs) uh students and experts have accused institutions of quote simply burying their heads in the sand over the issue of the increasing amount of young people who are turning to sex work to fund university so the only reason it's a problem is they said that, well, the person who wrote this might have some feels about sex work, not some good ones. So they say that rising living costs, higher student fees, access to online apps, ooh, which remove traditional barriers into sex work, well, unless FOSTA, have been cited as reasons they are turning to prostitution during their studies. But despite the evidence, many universities are, quote, turning a blind eye, and in some cases, actively blocking groups trying to support students involved in sex work. Of course, they are.
1: Is it a liability thing? I feel like no. I should know more about, like, what is it, Title X or whatever? I think Title
0: it was X is different. That one was about you, the college, if they have any allegations of sexual assault. Right, they have but
1: to... yeah, but I mean, I still I wonder. So this if is in England. This oh, is in England. Okay.
0: Um, so it says, in one case, a student who was forced to turn to sex work was evicted from her home and threatened with expulsion by her university. So that shit's always happened. Like, people have always been mm. like, oh, you do this yucky job that I think is yucky. I'm going to kick well, I've you heard out of or fire people getting you. kicked
1: out of psych programs oh, yeah. over it. Oh, yeah. You
0: know? Oh, yeah. Um, so <laughs> this, this, uh, person at the university speaking says, I've noticed a rise in young people seeking sex work. Um... I guess I just am still boggled at the fact that people don't understand like when you need money, you're more likely to do jobs that people think are yucky and therefore tend to like pay a little bit better. So um, water is wet sugar daddying, (laughs) where younger women are paid to go on dates with often older men is becoming increasingly popular, which is so interesting because when you talk to sex workers who've been doing this for a while, they're like the market is shit it's oversaturated people are cheap so I I don't know I thought this was a very very interesting article I also, didn't from expect club to find
1: perspective I feel like it's it's like the younger dancers I think are often e- the easiest to take advantage of so I'm really having a hard time envisioning this sort of T- naive 22 year old who's turning to a sugar daddy to- and who's going to be able to like hustle him out of major money yeah we, you know i'm like not that's not us- gonna happen that's gonna be this girl's gonna show up and get maybe a dinner paid for by this guy and he's gonna try to use her for yeah whatever. he's gonna try to
0: get free sex out of yeah. a dinner date like, uh, that doesn't make you a sugar daddy that makes you a regular dude <laughs> yeah
1: but by all means like sound the sound the alarms here i mean yeah it's already been going on for ages before it ever
0: yeah this is news, yeah so. so i guess i was just kind of surprised but not really that people are still surprised well i will say it p i went to psu and they did
1: portland have state portland state university and they did have and portland state has it's a pretty at least surface very liberal progressive school i mean they have many policies under the surface that are shitty and not friendly towards people of color and trans people sex workers but On the surface, they do probably a better job than, I don't know, maybe, like, Oklahoma State or some place. So they Mm -hmm. have a women's resource center that specifically had, like, some sort of sex work coordinator. There was a person that worked there that specifically was, like, had sex worker, student sex worker support services. However, that person turned out to be, like, best friends with this, like, community abuser. So I never really felt yeah comfortable like I, ever poking I, my I head in there i went to
0: psu and i had no resource because she was best friends with a woman who's actually bullying me yeah well that's ta- we we're talking about yeah. the same person yeah. however
1: i did have a really good if you go to a school um that has i mean a fairly and i would put it the caveat like maybe a, a public a public university and a, a woke a fairly woke progressive university because i probably wouldn't be safe to do it like say like catholic catholic you or something but um i did find just the general counseling office to be very helpful Mm. like i didn't feel comfortable talking to the sex work outreach person about what i was going through with Mm -hmm. money and classes and having to dance on top of all of that and just stress but i did see a counselor who was extremely helpful and like non-judgmental so Mm maybe
0: well that's wonderful I I don't know I mean do you do you keep an ear to these things Caitlin do you ever hear like doing the work you do now and with the population you're working with um I mean like civilians and sex workers so the populations you're working with but do you ever hear from people like about the obstacles they're running into like you know my bank wouldn't support me or whatever um If no, that's great. (laughs)
2: To be honest, a lot of the people I work with don't want to work with banks.
0: What about credit unions? Mm.
2: I would say it's maybe 50-50 between the people I work with who are comfortable with banks that some of them want a larger institution where they might be able to fly under the radar and be a little bit more invisible. And the other half wants to support a local, Mm -hmm. smaller bank in the community
0: your credit union yeah mm-hmm. yeah i like my credit union well that's the idea is that you take you decentralize the banks and take some of the money out of them and keep it more into where you live and my credit union isn't predatory
1: <laughs> i would love to move over to a credit union but i already have like a credit card that i'm paying off with my bank and like my my investigator money gets routed into there it seems like it would be such a hassle to move over Mm, At the same time,
0: it probably really isn't, though, because that's what I did. I went from my union bank, yeah, to a credit union up here. And I mean, they were bummed to lose my business. I actually kept a small amount of money in my former bank just so that I still had something there and it could accrue a little. I I was like, what is what can I have that will accrue any interest? What's the minimum I I need? Five hundred dollars. Cool. Let's put five hundred and one dollars in there. And I didn't touch it for years I didn't touch it for years so actually funny story last year when I was like I'll invest a little bit into Bitcoin what's some money lying around I don't give a shit about that's where I took it from Hmm. you know but it was very easy my credit union was like yes we want your business the bank can't say no right they just got to process it over but I understand what you mean it's paperwork and untangling um
1: and my bank actually i hate to say it as evil and shitty as they are they've been really good like the personal banking people mm, at my
0: branch have been like
1: super awesome that's how they keep you yeah right they really did hire some like really
0: good people some people follow this gal on instagram her name on there is thongria she is in (laughs) (laughs) she's in this article that i dug up from a couple years ago it's called how banks make it hard for sexy startups porn and sex toys aren't Mm. illegal but banks often treat them that way critics say the practice is discriminatory and amounts to censorship so this was two years ago this was pre-fosta it starts out i mean are dildos illegal now in alabama unless a doctor prescribes you one wait what yeah there's a lot of places around the country that illegally like that you cannot have a sex shop in like different counties. I mean, it's like in New Jersey, you can only have a strip club in an industrialized part of the town. Right. In Alabama, you fight to have an adult store and you're fighting the state government for it. I don't remember the person who's doing that, but for a while in Alabama, you could not buy sex toys unless a doctor prescribed it for you.
1: I was about to say, I mean, I thought like zoning, it's not that I understand zoning out strip clubs, but I know that that's that's often been a tool Mm -hmm. for more affluent communities to keep people of color out and keep certain what they see as undesirable populations out of their neighborhoods and from affecting like housing value. Mm-hmm. But like some but if I'm like a dildo, like so, I can't just go buy a dildo somewhere. Like the actual dildo is illegal now. And so therefore me selling one would flag the bank like weed, you know, or something like what? The Zoe
0: Thongria, she was in the early stages of starting the online <laughs> sex toy shop. She visited a Bank of America branch in Detroit, wanting to open a checking account and take out a line of credit in order to start her purchasing inventory. She uh, she spoke with a credit specialist. The woman on the other end of the line saw the word pleasure in the LLC title. Spectrum Pleasure was the name of the LLC. I remember she stopped short in the middle of the sentence and was like, ma'am, what kind of business is this? All of a sudden, her tone changed. I was being talked to like I had an illegal business. Without further explanation, the credit agency refused to extend her line of credit because her shop qualified as an adult business. That was two years ago. This shit happens all the time. It depends who you talk to, and it depends what the right on the policies is, of right. the institute.
1: Because that's about to say it. I mean, I thought it was a really popular thing. I mean, with suburban women to have, don't they have those like you know oh, out the the of pleasure parties. parties and all that kind of shit? I mean, yeah, what but about, this
0: country is big. Think yeah. about how big this country yeah, is. Yeah, that's
1: true. But Jesus Christ.
0: Uh huh. Um, what sex toy bummer. shops are legal, but plays plagued by restrictions that range from zoning laws to financial discrimination. Adult performers have had their bank accounts shut down without warning. Porn producers are routinely refused standard billing fees. Mainstream financial service providers like J.P. Morgan, Chase, Bank of America, and American Express all treat adult businesses differently from other businesses acting often under so-called, quote, morality clauses. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that makes it hard.
1: (laughs) Um, But Open up a gun shop and you'll be fine. (laughs) If you want to sell shit that kills people, great. Um, That's America. Do you have
0: any thoughts hearing any of this, Caitlin? It's not really what you usually dig into. But as far, can you see, I mean, you can definitely see why people in our shoes are like, I don't want to open anything. I don't want to write any of this shit down. But you can't build credit and you can't right. buy big things if you don't have credit and a history and pay taxes.
2: What I would say is I would encourage everyone to Google Operation Choke Point. Whoa. It was actually a something issued by the Department of Justice, I believe. Um, and that was, they issued it to large banks, encouraging them to stay away from certain types of business.
0: Hmm. Wow. Operation point oh. was a 2013 Damn, initiative. Yeah, that was an
1: Obama thing. Obama. I'm so disappointed in you. Uh, <sighs> I have less sex dreams about him now.
0: Initiative, Jen has sex dreams about him. I do. Whenever I have, have them, they're now.
1: always about the our former first family. I don't know why. <laughs> Not the
0: whole family, just mostly. <laughs> just Barack. Michelle watches. Oh, okay. Sometimes, <laughs> I like it. Yep. Uh, Operation Chokepoint <laughs> was a 2013 initiative of the United States Department of Justice, which would investigate banks in the U.S. and the businesses they do with firearm dealers, payday lenders, and other companies believed to be at higher risk for fraud and money laundering.
2: Yeah. So often I think the reasons banks give for those actions, Mm. A, come from above them and B, are cited because of a higher risk of fraud or money laundering. Mm -hmm.
0: So if you start an LLC, you might have to be very mindful of what it's called and just use like a holding name for it, you know, like, golden eagle or something instead of like medical devices yeah exactly totally because <laughs> um, that will make a difference especially <laughs> if it's just like the person on the other end of the phone is a horror-phobic or a bigot which you have no control mm. over like they can shut you down and that sucks and that you can also try to talk to someone else too be like can i speak to a different representative so many fucking obstacles um In our final few minutes, so I want to do a recap. And you said you had some thoughts to leave our listeners with. Um, We started out, you said, track your income, see some patterns. You'll notice your expenses, drop the shame, and then figure out your goals. Um, Caitlin, you said you had some stuff.
2: Yes. So I have a quick just top 10 overview. uh, I would say a top 10 tips for Improving your financial world. And the only one I would add to this is kind of what we've talked about. Just do your best to unbury yourself and take a look around, take an honest look at where you are. I think that's often the biggest hurdle is because of the shame you just don't even want to look. So my biggest encouragement would be go ahead, take out the bank statements, get, get the app, get the spreadsheet and start digging in. And I think you'll find some ways that you can actually make progress toward your goals. But I do have a top 10 tips hell yeah
0: and i before you go into that one more thing i want to say a lot of people spend a lot of their time pretending they have money and showing off that they have money and you see it on instagram with people Mm -hmm. like new clothes new nails going out hair champagne service like so many people spend their time doing this and they don't have savings or safety net so think about what kind of person you are (laughs) in terms of that are you showing off the money you don't have
1: people that you're blowing your those rounds of drinks you're buying at the bar those people aren't going to make your student loan payment you yeah so half the time you'll never fucking see them again anyway
0: well so. I mean just stop trying to act like you're a better person if you can blow a bunch of money on new shit like that's not how I protect my nest Um you said you're getting rid of two-thirds of your things Jen yeah minimalism yeah well, I've got too need? much shit
1: and I don't I fucking a I buy so much crap I was looking through my Amazon like the dumb shit that I, I'm like oh this is cheap I could really use another like little gadget thingy or all those vitamins or like the stupidest shit i spend my money on i don't need it mm-hmm. and then i wonder why i'm like coming up short mm-hmm. every month you so know
0: go ahead caitlin okay, sorry done interrupting you
2: <laughs> okay top 10 tips if you have any questions about them let me know but sure. they're just quick easy things to remember number one the most fundamental rule of all spend less than you earn
1: mm-hmm.
2: number two build a budget and build it right mm. number three focus first on building an emergency fund second on eliminating debt and third on saving for retirement
0: mm-hmm.
2: number four don't ever go shopping without a list Ooh, Ooh.
0: sip snap mm-hmm. <laughs> oh god i get Ooh. stoned and walk around the grocery store i like this target target and walmart <laughs> oh i should buy these chips that have like six different flavors <laughs> go ahead continue
2: Number five, make a meal plan at the beginning of each week and use your grocery store flyer to create the meal plan. Ooh. Number six, request rate reductions on your debts, especially credit card debts.
0: Mm.
2: Number seven, cancel unused memberships and subscriptions. Oof. Mm. fuck. Number eight, review finances once a week.
0: Okay, I can do that.
2: Number nine don't worry about what other people think and don't worry about how they spend their money either
0: yes that's what I'm talking out. about stop looking on Instagram and wondering why your life isn't glamorous and expensive because you don't make a livable wage and your friends probably don't either <laughs> but if they don't have a <laughs> savings they're not cool <laughs> no it's okay those are great number five the uh, make your you say like basically make a menu or like what food you're gonna prepare. Mm-hmm. And, and then, use your
2: grocery store flyer to see what's on sale.
0: Yeah, or I downloaded the Fred
1: Meyer app, and then they'll set customize like little coupons and little shit. You know, if it's yep. stuff
0: you're gonna need in the first place, yeah. Don't trick yourself into thinking you're you're you saving have, money because yeah, you're true. using a. That's And also
1: to, though, and I will say from a legal standpoint, you know, it's precedence is now shown that you're they can go in and use that purchases. against you if, if you buy I don't know like rope and then you're partner gets tied up and killed and maybe well that's a whole different tangent are you worried
0: about that happening to you jen i'm
1: actually not (laughs) i'm cool but i worry about i worry about it with my clients i'm like i think about that now i'm like what the fuck is out there right i know I'm <laughs> they're so, gonna find on you <laughs> i don't like
0: using apps at all because i'm like the less you know about me the better that's true but sometimes i mean I don't but know, whatever you yeah. save a lot of money whatever so. yeah whatever works find what works for you
2: Thank- number 10 remember that
1: stuff will never make you truly happy oh so
0: fucking true yes. so true That's so true
1: and when you die someone's gonna have to clean that shit up too <laughs> no seriously
0: <laughs> it will all get thrown out Mm-hmm. half of it unopened mm-hmm. for, you know mm-hmm. I went through my cupboards a couple of weeks ago and I was like I have eight different bottles of lotion and all of them have like 30% lotion still in the bottom because I was like I'll just buy another and then I start using the new one like shit like that go through mm-hmm. your stuff declutter minimalist so, I knew minimal someone
2: approaches. who had a problem with the home shopping network and when they <laughs> passed away they had stacks and stacks of embellished sequined shirts still in the package never worn wow
0: that is like a severe level of depression i hope never to reach damn all right so again thank you caitlin wynne for coming on um jen until next time thank you yes for more strange bedfellows check us out on patreon.com forward slash strange bedfellows and become a supporter for access to behind the scenes material and extra content my name is Elle Stanger, and you can find me at stripperwriter.com and on Instagram at stripperwriter.
1: And my name is Jen. You can reach me on strangebedfellowspdx.com.